0: You can have a seat this morning here at Walk Church. Praise God for the victory. I need, I, does anybody else just need that reminder sometimes? Because the enemy tries to beat us down all week long and, and, and tell us and deceive us that we have uh, been defeated. And the reality is we don't even fight for the victory. We fight from a victorious stance. We've already won in him. And that's good news for us this morning. Well, we recently began a new series here at Walk Church that we've titled Identity Theft. Identity Theft, and I know that's a little bit of a strange title, but I feel like in, in our context and in, in our culture, there's so many things that are grasping for our identity. So many things that are trying to tell us that we are who they say we are, or we are what this thing says we are, as if something else can define us other than our Creator as if something or some relationship or some title can define us other than our God who made us and shaped us and fashioned us. And somebody who I know wrestled with that more than anybody else I feel like in the Bible was this cat named David. And David was uh, a young man who we find in the book of 1 Samuel. And we've been reading primarily from chapter 17. And I wanna invite you now to open up in your Bible if you don't have one we'll have it on the screen here for you um and we'll look at first samuel chapter 17 and, and and talk a little bit about how god can speak to us through these words this morning to catch us up before we read this introductory verse uh in the past couple weeks we've, we've seen saul anointed as king of israel as israel went through an identity crisis themselves they They chose a a king for themselves as opposed to God as their true king. And, And God said, all right, well, let's go ahead and choose the baddest, buffest, toughest dude in the land. And his name was Saul. And so they appointed King Saul to be the king of Israel. Saul would go on to be disobedient to God's commands and he would lose his anointing and appointing as king eventually. And God said, I will choose a new king for our people and his name will be David but this hasn't come to life yet it had been pronounced by God through the prophet Samuel but we still see Saul acting as king and then one day there was this battle happening in Israel between the Philistines which was a people group that came and and said you know what we want to take over the land that God had given Israel we want to take over that land and worship our false gods lowercase g gods and the the people of Israel who who knew that this was their land, as you remember the Israelites may have crossed through the Red Sea, and God gave them this promised land. This was their land. The Philistines are saying, we're going to come in and take it. And there's this big battle that was happening on each side, if you can imagine it, all right? We talked about this last week, about how there was a champion that would emerge and arise from each group. And a champion, by definition, was somebody who represented one of those sides, stood in between the two parties, and then fought for their group. Well, on the side of the Philistines arose a man by the name of Goliath. And he was a Goliath of a man, standing at over nine feet tall, weighing a whole lot of pounds. His armor weighed 125 pounds in itself. His helmet was huge. I mean, imagine somebody that's over nine feet. That's a big dude, right? Like... I wouldn't want to battle that guy either. But what happens here is he steps out and begins taunting the people of Israel. He begins an old-fashioned version of biblical trash-talking, right? He's saying, you guys can't see me. I'm too big for you. I'm too strong for you. I'll crush all of your people. Send King Saul out so I could smash him. Where is he to be found? Who is your God who fights for you where is he and it says that all the israelites stood in the background shaking in their boots scared the text says that they became greatly dismayed i I looked up what that means it means that they were really stressed out it says that they were greatly afraid which is another way to describe terrified we talked about these two identity thieves last week didn't we If you haven't seen it, it will be right there on walkchurch.com. I hope you'd catch up. But the identity thief of stress, God doesn't want us to be stressed. The idea of the identity thief of fear, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. And yet we see these two things emerge in God's people. The people that God called to be strong, the people that God called to go forward, the the people that God called to trust him and follow him and believe in him and walk in him are now in the background scared of the enemy as if they wouldn't have the victory already in their God. And, and, And then there comes a guy named David. But David, this young man who is going back and forth between the camps, he's going there to check on his dad and his brothers and make sure they're all right and then he's going back to check on the sheep that he's supposed to be tending he's going back and forth and then one day he hears this man named Goliath and I love what he says he says this right here he says who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should divide the armies of the living God what a line right talk about perspective the power of having a God-shaped perspective. The power of believing in a God that's bigger than your circumstance. The power of seeing God as living and not dead. That's right. The power of looking at your storm and saying, I'm not gonna tell God how big my storm is. I'm gonna tell the storm how big my God is and I'm gonna trust that God's gonna bring me through it. That's, that's who he is. David says, who is this guy? Who is this guy that defies the armies of the living God? How many know if you mess with God's people, you mess with God? Right, David's like, you can't talk about the church like that. You can't talk about God's people like that. We're going to have problems, bruh, is what David said in, in our language. He says, who is this guy who sh- who's de- defies the armies of the living God? I love this perspective. I want us to jump ahead as we see what happens next. And this is all just a little bit of recap. But if you don't, if you don't understand all that's happening in the text right now, I don't want us to just jump in uninformed. I don't want us to just try to pick something out and, and not understand the setting. I love reading the Bible and imagining it in my head. I'll put myself in the, in the story. I'm, I'm honestly one of the guys in the background that's scared. Like, like here's Saul and the army, and then there's hiding. I'm like, I ain't going. <laughs> like, like, I'm going to watch David do his thing right now. Right? Like, uh, like, That's all of us here today. We need someone to go before us. Praise God that Jesus already has. And we can see Jesus even in the story of David and Goliath. I hope that no one would walk out of here and say, David's awesome, because he's not. That's why Jesus said, I'm the greater David. Jesus said, I'm the greater Moses. Jesus said, I'm the greater Adam. I don't fail the, the, the test in the garden. I passed that one. David says, Jesus says, I'm, I'm greater than all the Old Testament characters. They're all pointing to me. They are. And we see that right here in this story. So let's pick it up. Let's continue to imagine. Let's continue to read this through a Christ-like lens. 1 Samuel 17, verse 31 through 37. If you're ready, say ready. ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. Ready. When the words that David spoke were heard, y'all just heard what he said, right? He said, who is this guy who defies the armies of the living God? But when those words that David spoke were heard, they reported them before Saul. And he sent for David. Have have David come on up here. I want to hear him say that himself. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him, Goliath. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine, verse 33. And Saul said to David, come on, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you're but a youth. He's been a man of war from his youth. Verse 34, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father and when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, verse 35, I went after him. He goes on and he says this, and stuck him and delivered it out of his mouth and if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. That dude David was a beast. (laughs) David killed some lions and bears in his day with his bare hands. That's awesome. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them for he has defied the armies of the living God take that Saul that's how you should be leading Saul what are you doing Saul verse 37 and David said the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine he will not he might he will I love the confidence I love the way he spoke back Right? I love the way that he represented here. He said, it's going to happen. You know what Saul said to David? Go! The Lord be with you. You got this. I want to pick it up here this morning as we continue to read at what happens next. I believe there's, there's some life principles, some identity theft principles that we can pull out of these verses as we get ready to read. Um, I want us to jump in right now into verse 38. But before we do that, would you just ask God one more time to meet you here in this place? We set the stage. We had our appetizer. I want us to go to the main course of the message right now. But I, I, don't, I want you to have a prayer moment with God. Maybe you haven't prayed in a long time. Maybe you came into church this morning from doing something crazy last night. Let me just remind you that God still loves you. God still knows your name. And he has you here breathing in the room for a reason. He's got a word for you this morning. So would you just pray with me right now? Father God, would you just speak to us right now? just take 10 seconds in this moment of silence to pray your own prayer, even if you're watching this online. Right where you're at, wherever you're at, wherever you're at in life, Lord, speak to us today. Teach us today. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. We want to see you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So verse 38 says, Then... Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor and he tried in vain to go for he had not tested them. And then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. I want to preach a message to you today that I'm titling, I'm at my best when I'm at my best. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Hopefully it will in a minute. I'm at my very best when I'm at my very best. We see here in the text a a prime example of identity theft. Let me remind you what the word identity actually means. We use this this definition from dictionary.com. The definition for identity. The condition of being oneself or itself and not the other. That's what an identity is. Your identity is when you're able to be yourself and not somebody or someone or something else. We see this exchange right here happening. Did 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 y'all catch it? There's an interesting exchange that just happened. It went from Saul tearing down David. He's saying, you're too young. You're not strong enough. You're not good enough. You're not big enough. You're unqualified. You're not ready. To Saul saying, all right, go do it. And here's how you're going to do it. Put on my armor. Put on my helmet. Put on my vest put on my coat of mail let's look at it in verse 38 and 39a just so you can see it again then 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 Saul clothed david with his armor he put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed them with a coat of mail i don't know about you but i have no idea what a coat of mail is like i start thinking of like mail in a coat um but I realized after studying it, that was that wasn't funny, huh was it, wasn't Tony? <laughs> that was terrible. That was I'm not gonna do that ever again. All right, I'm never gonna say that again. It was a bad <laughs> church joke. All right. Um, but this is a coat of mail. I I had to do some study on it. Um, a coat of mail. Brother Saul takes off his coat of mail right here. It, 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 it's, a, it's a coat, it's an armor that's filled with chain links. And he, he places this. He places this on David. The definition for a coat of mail is a jacket covered with or composed of metal rings or plates that serve as an armor. As we look back at the verses that we were just looking at, we see that he not only did that, but he, he clothed them with the coat of mail, and, and David strapped Saul's sword over his armor. Can y'all just imagine this scene really quick? Like, what's going on here? Like, King Saul, what are you doing right now, man? Like, Saul's taking off his, his helmet, like... Goliath's over there talking crazy he's putting the armor on young young David and what I'm realizing here is that David takes a couple steps and he has a revelation anybody ever just realize something after they already did something like you know what this ain't working you ever had a this ain't working moment (laughs) like you know what why are we doing this right now this is weird. This is this isn't this isn't working. And so so David he he's got the armor on and he's like takes a step and he's like I can't fit these shoes. And he pu- tries to pull out the sword and the sword is getting stuck. And he's got the coat of mail on that looks like a dress of mail. And David's just like I, I can't I can't be effective in what God's calling to me to do if I'm dressed like somebody else. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I can't be the man that God's calling me to be when I'm trying to be like you. I can't be the person that God has shaped and woven and informed and made me to be when I'm trying to be like somebody else. He says, I can't go into battle and be effective pretending to be Saul. I can't dress like Saul and still be David. I can't wear Saul's helmet and put on his armor and have Saul's sword because I'm not Saul, I'm David. There's a revelation that happens in his mind where he says, you know what? it's okay for me to be me. Yeah, that's good. Glory. David has a moment where he's like, you know what, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm comfortable in being the guy that God has created me to be. And regardless of what Saul says or what my brother says or what Goliath says, God has formed and shaped and created me to be this person for this moment. And I'm going to be at my best when I'm at my best. Not his best, not your best, not the media's best, not what social media thinks of me, not what my selfie says, but how God created me to be. When you're able to get to a place where you're confident and secure in your identity, God will use you to do things that you th- thought you could never do. That's right. where, where Saul said, you know what? He's got to be like me in order to, 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 to be effective. And David says, I got to do this like Saul would do it in order for me to win the battle. And David has this revelation. That just got to be me. As I was reading this, I, I, I thought of um, a moment that I had with, with my son not too long ago. And maybe we have a picture of it, but I was just sitting on my couch and I looked over and I looked at Epaph and I was like, <laughs> something's wrong with this picture. I don't know if y'all made me take y'all a second to see it, but he was watching TV with my shoes on. And I, it, was, it was hilarious. It was awesome. But then I asked Epaph to take a step. I was like, come here, Epaph. And he, he tried to lift his foot up, but he just couldn't move. He couldn't effectively come. He, he couldn't take the step that he needed to take because he was wearing my shoes. Now, if he had his shoes on, he could. He really could. Let me give you a quote from a guy named Rich Wilkerson Jr. Um, I, I heard him talk a little bit about this passage recently, and he said this. He said, is supposed to protect you, but when it's not your armor, it paralyzes you. Come on. armor is supposed to be the thing that protects you as you go into battle. But when you're trying to wear somebody else's, you won't be able to move. When you're looking at how everybody else is doing it, and you say, All right, in order for me to, to be effective, in order for me to fight the battle, I need to copy somebody else. I need to compare myself to somebody else. That's that's when you lose the battle. That's when you lose the battle. We see this here in Psalm 139, verse 13 through 16. And it's just a few verses of scripture that I want just, to just draw to our attention this morning because it relates specifically to this. And I hope that maybe these words would set you free this morning. David, in another one of his Psalms out of his, his journal, out of his book, says it like this He says, You created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. He continues, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them come to be. How about David writes this down because he realizes, you know what? I'm intentional. I'm intentional. God made me for my purpose. God designed me and formed me and fashioned me and shaped me. I'm wonderfully made. I'm fearfully made. I don't have to fear the enemy because of the God who's made me, created me. And here's what I want you to know tonight, this morning, today, that God has made you that same way, that, that you're not an uh-oh moment to God, where God was like, uh, uh-oh, like I messed up here like God God missed a knit or something like that no God really made you and fashioned you and knit you together in your mother's womb and called you and breathed life into you that's why we're so passionate about life here at this church because we believe that God is a life-giving God and and David even says your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Talk about the power of perspective. God says, hey, I got this. And we need to be reminded of who we are in him. Let's look back at 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 38 through 39. Part B, it says, it says, In that David tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. And then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these. I've not tested them. So, so David put them off. Here's an application point for you this morning at Walk Church. If you're spending more time trying to be some future you, instead of being the you that God has called you to be, put it off. That's right. if, you're, if you're spending more time trying to be like Saul instead of trying to be like david, trying to be like who you are learn from him put them off listen to this god can't bless david when he's dressed like saul that's right that's a good word god can't use you in the capacity that god wants to use you when you look like somebody else you got to be who you're called to be you got to live how god's called you to be don't worry about who's next to you. Don't worry about who's behind you. Don't say, why has God blessed them and not me? God's got something for you. I wonder how many days David was in the sheep field fighting off lions, fighting off bears, thinking, how come God gave Saul the blessing and not somebody else? And God said, I'm just getting you ready, man. Just getting you ready. If you can be comfortable in how God created you and be okay with that and be ready for when he's calling you to do something, He's going to use you in ways that you thought you could have never imagined. And we see this in David's story. I love what it says here. Uh, It says that David said, "I've, I've not tested them. But in the verse before that, he says, when he did test them, when he did take a step in them, he realized that it wasn't going to work. Here's my encouragement to you this morning. If you want to test it out, you'll realize it's not going to work. Go ahead and test out trying to be somebody else. Test out trying to wear somebody else's shoes. Test out trying to be somebody else. God's going to show you, hey, I didn't create you like that. I created you in a specific, unique, intelligent, awesome, so good way. And he wants you to know that and be free in that. We see one more example of this in the Gospel of John as we jump over to John chapter 21, verse 20 through 22. The text reads that, that Peter... And Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. The one who also leaned back against him during the, lo- the supper and had said, Lord, who is this that's going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Don't you love Jesus' response here? If it's my will that he remain until I come, what's that to you? You follow me. Notice the exclamation point, right? He's saying, how come you're so concerned about somebody else? Right, Peter just saw Jesus who rose from the grave. Jesus cooked out and made breakfast for Peter and then called Peter and restored Peter after Peter denied him three times. And Jesus says, all right, Peter, I want you to follow me. And Peter says, all right, I'm gonna follow you. Yes, I'm doing it. What about this guy? And Jesus says, what's that to you? And, and what, I want to, what I want to tell you is this. If we can understand this sentence right here, what's that to you? You follow me. Let me give you a nugget this morning. Just, just, just hold on to this really. Right, right. The greatest enemy to your joy will be the comparison of others. That's right. If you ever want to just steal your joy, if you could be having the best day. If you ever want to just steal the joy out of it, just start comparing yourself to other people. Just start asking, what about that person? What about that person? How come this person? How come that person? You do that long enough, you'll start to be discouraged. But when you get in the presence of God and do what David did and remind yourself, you know, hold up, God created me. God made me. I can't be concerned about somebody else. God formed and fashioned me. I got to take off his helmet. I got to take off his armor because it's slowing me down from being the person that God called me to be. And I want to encourage you this morning, Walk Church, that when you're able to accept that and embrace, not, 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 not sin, right, because we're all inherently, because of our brother Adam, sinful. So don't use this as an excuse where you start sinning and you say, hey, pastor told me to be me. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying right here, <laughs> right? What I'm saying is this, that, that God called us to be who he's called us to be. And when I'm at my best, not somebody else's best. That's when I'm at my best. David said, here, you know what? I could go out and try to be like Saul and only accomplish a little. I won't be at my best. But right now, in the presence of God, I'm gonna take off his armor, I'm gonna throw all that off, I'm gonna put on my armor, the armor of God, and I'm gonna go out and fight this battle and win this battle in my own shoes, with my own, he didn't even have a sword. He said, I don't even know how to use your sword, bro. I don't even know how to use that. I, I got my slingshot. I got my staff. I'm ready. The last thing that I want to say about this right here before we close up this morning is that when it comes to identity, right? What, what, don't you see the identity theft here? There's two different identity thefts going on. Saul has an identity theft because he feels like David has to be like him. Let me give you one more point. Sometimes you gotta let people be them. Sometimes you need to just release people to have their own character. Release people, empower people to, you don't always have to make people be like you. You don't have to always say, hey, in order for you to succeed, you gotta be like me. You gotta release people to be them. That was an identity issue that Saul had. And then David had to understand for his own identity that I gotta be me in order to be effective. So I got to take off this armor. But the other identity piece that I want us to talk about today is what we're called to now put on as believers in Christ. So let's take off the old self. Let's take off the armor of Saul and let's put something new on. I want to show it to you before we close in Romans 13, 13 through 14. Remember, as we read stories like David and Goliath, we're reading more about Jesus. That's what we're doing. We see here that Paul says to the church in Rome, he says, because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Not just for some to see, but for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness, or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living, or in quarreling or jealousy. He goes on to say this, instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord jesus christ wow so he's saying you can be like everybody else and put all that stuff on and you gonna move this fast i'm tired bruh i can't move i can't do it god's calling me but i'm stuck or you can take all that off like david did so i can be effective in what god's calling me to do and i can put on i can clothe myself with the presence of the winner jesus christ the winning team and don't let yourselves think about ways to indulge your evil desires don't let it happen sometimes i challenge my brothers that i walk with that say man i can't stop thinking about that yes you can don't let it happen paul says don't let yourself think about your ways to indulge your flesh take every thought captive everyone Take the lustful ones, take the prideful ones, take the anger ones, take the good ones, take all those captive. And the ones that you need to throw off, how David threw them off, throw them off. And then then don't just throw them off, but replace them with the presence of Jesus. His presence. You're in his presence this morning at church. Some of you could have been doing a thousand other things this morning way to come into the presence of God amongst his people how about the reading of his word I'm not just trying to beat you with the Bible and say oh you got to read the Bible more you got to read the Bible more what I'm saying is you're going to be slowed down if you don't I'm not as effective as a leader in my home as a pastor as a basketball player when I'm not reading the word I'm not as strong as a leader against the the lies of the enemy when I'm not being prayed up or when I skip out on charge group or when i skip out on the things god's calling me to do but when i'm hitting those boxes and i'm there and i got in the word that morning and i and i and i went to group and i am prayed up man for some reason i'm just a little bit stronger i'm a little fresher i got a little bit more of a pep in my step when it comes to the enemy look at david he says come on when he took off the armor of saul and embraced himself who god called him to be he was able to lead the people of israel a whole army like how do you lead a whole army Because he was able to be comfortable with what God called him to be. Paul says it here. Paul says, I know about wild parties. I know about indulging my flesh. I did all that. King Solomon in in the book of wisdom says, I did all that. It left me empty at the end of the day. But when I put on Jesus, come on church, can't nobody do you like Jesus. Amen, right? can nobody empower and fill you up like the Lord Jesus Christ come on like I've 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 sensed this in my own life I've realized that I need Jesus and so and so do you so as we close right now I just want to encourage you with those final thoughts that you're going to be at your best when you're at your best and you'll be at your best when you're in Christ right that that we need to release people to be who God created them to be and then we need to put on an armor. And we just need to put on this armor that, that is so much more powerful than your armor. So much more powerful than Saul's armor. Put on his armor. Have you ever read about the armor of God in Ephesians 6? And we'll get to it in, in our Ephesians series someday. But we see that, that God's given us the armor. He says, put on the shoes of the gospel walk in this reality that you're saved and set free and victorious that's why we sang that when you show up to the battle already knowing you won it's a a whole lot easier to fight just whisper these words to the enemy when he comes at you you're already done the battle's already won he'll hate that right the shoes of the gospel of peace he says the breastplate of righteousness what's your coat of mail look like that male needs to read righteous when you realize that you're already righteous in Christ you're not going to have to fight to be righteous you're going to be able to walk in the righteousness even when you fall into sin go ahead and claim his righteousness over you that will motivate you to be righteous that when God looks at you he already sees righteous because of your faith in Jesus a verse of scripture that I love is Romans 5:8. it says this simply this just listen to it it says that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us Amen. because of his love for us so here's what that tells me church let me see your eyes I want you to catch this if you, if you catch anything catch this that God doesn't love some future cleaned up you more than he loves you right now that's right. That's right. Oh, man man that's I needed to hear that this morning sometimes I think that you know what God loves me more when I'm reading more praying more doing more it's on that day that I feel righteous the reality is that Jesus death on the cross resurrection from the grave and imputation of his righteousness to you is enough and so when you put your faith in him you're righteous you can't do anything to earn his righteousness you can't do anything to lose his righteousness it's who you are so here's what Saul says he says or Paul says put on that breastplate of righteousness put it on when you wake up in the morning just say thank you God that I'm righteous I live out of the righteousness of Christ I put on the gospel shoes of peace he says fight with the sword of the spirit which is the word of God I love how Jesus spoke back to the devil when the devil took him up in the mountain for 40 days the devil was tempting Jesus with all these lies and Jesus just kept quoting scripture back to him slicing up the lies just pull the sword out God's word says something different the enemy will hate that but you got to be in the word in order to have a sharp sword some of y'all out there fighting with the butter knife like take that enemy and he's like breaking it like plastic knife like you don't even know the verse I know it better than you right it, but when you sharpen up in the word when you sharpen up in the word you can start slicing up the lies of the identity theft what are some of the other armor pieces of god the the helmet of salvation you don't need saul's helmet this morning you need jesus helmet of salvation right the blessed breastplate of righteousness the helmet of salvation the, the sword of the word of god the gospel shoes of peace All these things contribute to our daily walk. That's the armor that we need. One more, the shield of faith. In order to have it, you gotta have faith. To shield it all off. You gotta understand and believe that Jesus Christ loves you so much. You loves you. Look at the point next to you, person next to you, say you. Did everybody get pointed at? Did everybody get pointed at? You, you? you God loves you and when you believe that deep down in your heart you really truly believe that message more than anything else in the entire world you'll be able to walk in the identity so the, so the enemy starts beating you down but God loves me the world starts telling you're you not beautiful but Jesus thinks I am the, the enemy starts to say you're not good enough just like what happened in David's story right? David you're not strong enough says his brother Saul says you're not powerful enough yeah but my God is that's, my, that's where my identity is so you can't shake me if you got that type of identity that even when the thieves try to steal your identity you're already good and that's my encouragement today is that we look to Jesus the greater David as we're all on the sidelines saying like man I ain't going to battle I ain't going to battle that you see Jesus step up and say I'm going to battle for him and we put on his armor Saul's armor can't fit Jesus' armor fits will you receive him this morning do you believe that this morning